I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Action-packed hour. We usually just we just slide through the nine o'clock hour. It's gravy. I mean, those of you who don't get up till now, you're kind of slow-witted. Uh, not a lot going on. You no place to be. It's the twentieth hour of the week. You're probably drinking by now. <laughs> wow. So we don't put a lot of effort. But this hour, this 9 o'clock hour, we actually have a lot going on. Action-packed. But let's begin with a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. The swamp is 50 years in the making. Let's talk about the swamp. The swamp is a, is a business model. Now let's get down to brass tacks before I hit you with this funk. Snap that whole thing off. Killed her like that. He got that rain, he's coming down. Bev, coach, it's a pleasure to be with you guys here on the field from up close, just watching. And you'll see drinking in public, but a hardworking man gets his money taken away and a ticket. That's not right. The Republican Party has been bitching about how bad the Democrats are on health care and taxes and just about everything else. You came back so fast, baby. Wow, baby. Ten minutes without you seems like an eternity. Oh, it's okay, sweetie. We have Jim Bob now. What's a Jim Bob? Doot, doot. 
Awaiting request. <laughs> you know, if my uh, love robot said to me, 10 minutes without you seems like an eternity, baby, I'd have to say, I think you're codependent, robot. I think you really need to develop your own interest. I think we'll have a better relationship if we're both strong people. I'm unplugging you. <laughs> Murderer. Hey, do we want to hear a little more of uh, Ben Shapiro before we talk to somebody who was actually there? Yeah, the dangerous, dangerous Ben Shapiro who protesters turned out to scream and yell, and if the cops weren't there, uh, smash people's faces. A lot of the people are reacting to the identity politics of the left by making nice with the alt-right. There's this weird notion on the right that if you drink leftist tears, that's enough. Right? Drinking leftist tears is enough. So if the alt-right takes off the left, they're fine. Okay, that's, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. I have no other word for it. It is not enough to stand against bad ideologies. You must also stand for a good ideology. You must stand for a good philosophy. Okay, you cannot stand with bad people just because you think those bad people make your enemies cry. It's an interesting point. You don't want interesting points at college campuses, Joe. Certainly not. Anthony Jenny joins us. Anthony is a Berkeley uh, law student. He, uh, I believe, attends the Bolt School of Law, named after Usain Bolt. Mm. Uh, Anthony Jenny, welcome. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you guys? Uh, Excellent. Well, um, it it is interesting, as I observed earlier, that everyone is uh, celebrating the fact that at a fairly mundane speech by a a fine young speaker at a college, only one person was beaten into the hospital. That is the Berkeley curve that we're grading on, apparently. But uh, tell us what you saw last night. Yeah, so um, I I saw a lot of police. There was a lot of police there. Uh, which, you know, was fantastic. Um, but when I walked up, there were people protesting, and it was only about you know, maybe 100, 150 people were protesting the event, and there was probably about the same number of uh, police officers in full riot gear. So it definitely seems for the first time they took this seriously, the idea that uh, they got to protect people who want to speak, and we're going to have an overwhelming presence so nothing can happen, and, and it worked. Although uh, there was 150 to 150, you're saying, Anthony, roughly? Yeah, it was yeah, it was it was pretty pretty one to one. So if two thousand protesters had showed up and mm-hmm. Antifa decided to don the black uniform and come over the barricades, do you think it could have happened? Uh, no, I, d- I actually don't think so. I mean, the, uh, they were really enforcing the no mask, you know, laws, and I think that that deters Antifa almost every single time uh, police uh-huh. have have used it. How about clubs and sticks um, and that sort of thing? Were people allowed to wave those around? No, 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 no. There are actually you know, quite a few arrests of people um, who had those. Okay. So, yeah, I mean they they kept this really safe and they kept they kept everything you know pretty buttoned up. Plus, they got to go ahead to use pepper spray. So if uh, one guy can stop a number of guys, if you got pepper spray spraying in their faces, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. That that made us that made us feel a lot safer as well. And and did you personally witness any of the fuzzy little bunny students of Berkeley being made to feel unsafe by an opposing opinion being expressed? Um, I saw them. I mean, they they. I don't think they were exposed to many opposing opinions uh, <laughs> during the protests. Sort of, that's a good point. So no, right. That's uh, that's a good point. What do you think of ex post facto laws, Anthony? You're a Berkeley uh, law student. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm not there yet. <laughs> well, I'm against them. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, what, what, 
So what is the what an ex post facto law? That's that's a law uh, passed criminalizing behavior that's happened in the past. You can't convict something somebody for something that wasn't illegal at the time they did it. Mm-hmm. It's in the Constitution, sir, sir. Hey, listen. So you got this this so called free speech week coming up, and I think somebody gave me the schedule for that around here somewhere, but I'm drowning in paper. Um, when uh, when Ann Coulter, uh, uh, Bannon, Steve Bannon come, are you gonna are you gonna check that out as well? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm definitely gonna check that out. I'm actually excited for it and um I'm hoping that I'm hoping that we get treated you know, as well as we did last night. I guess the question is, um uh, has security gotten a handle on this and Antifa's gotten the word that I guess we can't do that anymore, or were they just keeping their powder dry for the big one coming up here in a couple of weeks, the big what is it called? I got the, the rundown here right in front of me. The Freedom get together, whatever the Milo's Free speech week. Yeah, the, the Milo's putting together. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you know they're just taking it easy, and this is just like a little preview of what's to come for that. But um, I mean, the security was on. It was on point. I mean, they did everything well. Once we got into the event, there was no issues at all. And then actually, once we left the event, they took us out like a, a different exit than the entrance that we came in. So we exited mm. on the exact opposite side of the campus of the protest. Yeah, it's a shame I mean, that I that think, sort of measures are necessary, but at least you were kept safe. Uh, yeah, yeah, ex- that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, Anth- Anthony Jenny's on the line. He's a law student there at the uh, Bolt School of Law uh, in Berkeley. Hey, you know, Jack, I'm sure you, you're kind of starting to go in this direction, but I, I want to, you know, address the University of California at Berkeley right now, the administration. Um, and if you if they're not tuning in, have them listen to the podcast. Here's what you do, my friends, and it is an obvious, obvious solution. You probably haven't thought of it because you're tied in knots by your own ideology. I really have done a poor job of welcoming people to the table of discussion. I, uh, it's a terrible habit of mine. But listen, here's what you do. You invite 50 conservative speakers to speak on campus in the next week and 150 the week after that and have so many conservative speakers speaking to three people in an auditorium or 300 and converting the masses or having the masses ignore them. And, and after several weeks of this, your students may look around and realize, okay, I'm not actually quote unquote unsafe because somebody dared express an opinion contrary to my own that this whole thing will blow over and the violent lunatics will be exposed as people with mental problems end of rant anthony any comment before we let you go no i think that's a, i think that's a fantastic idea yeah oh, how, i'm sorry the obvious how was ben shapiro's speech it was fantastic. Yeah, it was great. It was yeah everything I expected from Ben Shapiro and some more, and it was great. And um, it was actually nice to see there were some left wing students who ended up showing up. And you well, know, there should have been the the the, ti- the title was "Say No to Campus Thuggery." Everybody should agree with that, right? And there yeah, was Q and A and a little agreeing and disagreeing, right? Yeah, yeah, and it was it was polite agreeing and polite disagreeing. So it was imagine exactly that really refreshing. How, how will the Republican door? Yeah, really refreshing. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have talked over you, Anthony. I'm very rude. I hope they teach <laughs> manners okay. there. I did it again. <laughs> All right, Anthony. Hey, great to talk to you, man. Thanks for taking the time. All right, nice to talk to you guys. You take care. All right, you too. I've just made it against the law to talk over someone, and you are now guilty. Now that would be an ex post facto law. Wait a minute. 
That seems unfair. Um, so the schedule, we got to take a break because uh, Sean's going to do his Emmy thing coming up. Yes, Sean? Uh, he was just going to say, yeah, Ben Shapiro did about an hour speech, and then he did about an hour of Q&A. And what I also thought was cool is that if you disagree with him, you go to the front of the line of the Q&A so you can kind of bounce no. the ideas off of one no, another. No, no. If you disagree, you've got to be beaten bloody. So Wednesday, September 27th is the culmination of the next big Freedom Week thingy. And that day, you got Charles Murray speaking. Him and his uh, assistant got beaten up uh on a campus on the East Coast, Charles Murray. Then you got Milo, Steve Bannon, and Ann Coulter all in the same evening. Wow, I like the title, too. Mario Savio is dead. Google it. Ex post facto. <laughs> Habeas corpus. So, um, Sean has got his... Uh, to look at the Emmys. The Emmys are Sunday night. We're the best shows out there. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. We're about to talk about the uh, TV of the recent past with the Emmys with Sean, but... So the Vietnam War, the latest Ken Burns project, debuts Sunday night on uh, on PBS. It's 18 hours Whoa. long. And those are real hours, not commercial Ooh. TV hours where you think, okay, I'll DVR it, and then I'll skip the commercials. It's 40. No, an hour's an hour. Yeah. Ain't nobody so, got time for that. That's what I'm saying. 18 hours. That'd take me like a weekend to watch. That's crazy. <laughs> wow, yeah. And, or Jack, you could watch it 20 minutes a night and by the end of next March you'd be done. And I don't know where I'd get that 20 minutes. Yeah, uh, wow, that's a lot of Vietnam. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be very good. It's supposed to be pretty very good. Very good. Boy, I've been doing some interesting reading lately about um, uh, David is it Goldberg? His book, his uh, landmark book, On Killing, which has been recommended to us many times, I'm finally reading it. It it should be required reading for every American. It, it has to do with the realities of death and killing, particularly in warfare, training soldiers to kill, and then the after effects of that killing on their psyche and their reintroduction into society. And it is a brilliant, brilliant book and very easy to read. But, you know, if you get a chance to flip it open, it's uh, not what you'd call a cheery read, but it is very interesting. I just I got to just admit to myself right now, I'm not going to watch this instead of like wondering about it. I'm not going to watch an 18 hour miniseries about the Vietnam War. Hmm. So I'll just take that off the table. Kind of cleansing, isn't it? A little bit. Don't, yeah. You don't regret it anymore. Because I was just reading about it. the first hour that starts in 1858 and does all the colonial I'm, history. I'm, of... I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> what? 1858. 1958. An hour of the colonial history of uh, of Vietnam, which I'm sure is important. And I get why that's important. I do too. Kinda. How about a couple of sentences on? <laughs> so you know the French fought over it and the English did. So anyway, it was kind of screwed up. Anyway, it's 1953. <laughs> yada yada yada. Right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. They're trying to be pushed around by other countries. With no offense to the Vietnamese people of the 19th century, I'm sure as you lived it, it was very interesting. Anyway, so who knows? Maybe that will be winning all the Emmys next year. But that doesn't matter for this year, Sean. Yes, that's right. A little showbiz music. Thank you, Michael. We have uh, the 69th Primetime Emmy Awards this Sunday. It will be debuting at, at 5 o'clock West Coast time. Uh, interesting wrinkle to this one because of their delayed release schedule Game of Thrones is not actually eligible for any of the awards this year wow uh, they didn't have any new episodes in the window because they took longer than a year to make their their season so it offers an opportunity for some new blood 
to uh, to get some awards. It's uh, hosted by Stephen Colbert, right? Yes, it is. Which yeah. I, he's a funny guy, but it's going to be huge dozens of anti-Trump, no doubt about it. Very much so. So we'll start off with uh, the drama series. There are six shows nominated. You have Better Call Saul on AMC. Love it. The Crown on Netflix. The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu. House of Cards on Netflix. Stranger Things on Netflix. This Is Us on NBC and Westworld on HBO. Wow. Uh, so I listened to those. Many. I got little kids, so I'm not your typical viewer. I haven't even heard of most of those shows, but it's interesting. Netflix, Hulu, A&E, just, and, and then one NBC Netflix in there. Netflix again, HBO, yeah, and NBC. That's interesting. Yeah, there is only one show that is on network television, one that is on regular cable. The rest are either internet or premium cable. Even nominated, yet one of the big networks. Uh, What's your pick, oh wordy one? Are you ready to make picks yes, or no? Is yes, that part uh, of the format today? Yes, but just real quick, HBO's Westworld is tied with Saturday Night Live for 22 nominations, which I find fascinating because Westworld was objectively bad. Um <laughs> Uh, most of those nominations came on the technical side. I believe that Better Call Saul should win. However, I think The Handmaid's Tale will win. Boo! The Handmaid's Tale, it's very, it's a its a favorite among those who say it's an allegory for Trump's America. Very, right, exactly. Very totality, that Back when Trump is Hitler was the thing. Right. Everybody was talking about The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, it's just like Trump. Oh, yes. God. Uh, side note for those with kids, Stranger Things is a great kind of young person show on Netflix. Very fun to watch. Very good. Hmm. Um, uh, comedy series we'll jump to. We have Atlanta, which is on FX. We have Blackish, which is on ABC. Master of None on Netflix. Modern Family on ABC. Silicon Valley on HBO. The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix. And Veep on HBO. Uh, I have this one. Uh, I believe Atlanta should win. That was by far my favorite show of last year. 30-minute comedy show, hilarious, very well done. Uh, it just nailed every single thing it tried to do. I could not be a bigger fan of Atlanta. Um, uh, I think it will win as well with a kind of dark horse of Veep because they seem to win all the time. And it's hilarious. Yeah, very good show, Mm -hmm. uh, worthy of everything it's gotten. But once again, so you got the Emmys are on ABC, and then while they're doing Best Comedy Series, there's there's a couple ABC shows in there, and then a whole bunch of FX, Netflix, HBO, Netflix, HBO, that sort of stuff. That's got to be very weird. Here, Here we are as a network advertising how great the shows are on all these other places. The only hit show they have is the show where they recognize the other networks. <laughs> yeah, that's their, exactly. I have an analysis of Veep you may find interesting, but I'll withhold it for now. Sean, you were saying? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I, Veep is worthy of everything it gets. Master of None, I was a really big fan of the second season, the Aziz Ansari show on Netflix. That's a very good, fun, light watch. Uh, very family-friendly as well, although not too young. It deals with some relationship things. Um, so moving on to uh, the other category involving TV shows, it is uh, just TV shows as opposed to the actors and actresses portraying in them. Uh, outstanding limited series. This is where things like True Detective and uh, it's a, it's kind of a new genre in, in prestige television that gets a lot of attention. Prestige television. Like six, seven, eight episodes, that yes. sort of thing, right? Single run. They're not meant to be kind of recurring characters, that sort of thing. What's the phrase prestige television mean? Uh, when you get... People who are known for directing movies, directing television, a lot of times it's these single-run, eight-episode okay. deals. Um, so, yeah, the, the the quality of television that you wouldn't normally associate with your 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 typical networks. Gotcha. Uh, the nominees for this are Big Little Lies, which is on HBO, Fargo, which is FX, uh, Feud, Bet and Joan, which I believe was an HBO one, uh, Genius, uh, that's the, the, the story about 
Albert Einstein and I his watched, sexual exploits. I watched some of oh, that, yeah. and then uh, yeah, too much sexual exploits, not enough. Yeah, e equals MC squared for my taste. And also, I get it. He was horny. Okay, wait till my mass meets your energy. That oh, was yeah. That was National Geographic. So you got HBO, FX, FX, National Geographic, and HBO in that category. Wow. Yeah, and and the night of rounds out that that category. The night of was my favorite of these. I thought it was great. It is a a fantastic kind of modern crime drama. It does a really good job of exploring the. The, the lawyer side, the police side, the, the person who's accused of the crime and side. which network was that on? That's HBO. Okay. Hobo. Uh, but I believe Big Little Lies, also from HBO, will be the winner of this. This had all the movie stars in it. It had Nicole Kidman, uh, Reese Witherspoon, I believe, was another one. Um, it, so it, it had all the things that the Academy or the Emmys uh, love when they're rewarding these sort of things. It was very well done. I just didn't enjoy it as much as, as the night of. The phrase Witherspoon... Is old English for where is the spoon. Makes you stop and think, doesn't it? Back mm. to you. Little Miss Reese, where is the spoon? Right. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Do you have a final category? Uh, th- those are the ones that are mm. just dealing okay. with the, the shows. Everything else would be uh, actors. Right. I can do actor in a drama series. Uh, uh, we'll no, go over the no, nominations. No, no. Not if I have to take out a gun. So uh, just very quickly. Here's the thing, and comment on this, Sean, because I, I think you'll get this. So you got your classic sitcom with the laugh track. Yes. To help you understand when there's been a joke. Oh, that was oh, a joke. joke. <laughs> <laughs> I get it now. But I'm going to make a slightly less cynical, uh, take a slightly less cynical view of that. So you got a show like Veep, where everybody's walking around talking fast and walking fast and saying the most outrageous things. It, it is dryly, wildly hilarious. But in real life, if you said those things, people would bust up. But they'd bust a gut. They'd start laughing or say, geez, you can't say that. So, they would react. So it's like hyper real. I mean, not only is there not a, there's a laugh track in real life. You say something funny, somebody laughs. That's a decent point. I'd, I'd never occurred to me before. I'm and it's weirdly of, disconcerting. A but, lot of your shows without a laugh track, somebody says something freaking hilarious, right? And nobody laughs, right? <laughs> Which is, I believe that some of the humor from those comes from the fact that they are saying absurd things and they are being treated right, as reasonable right. in in those scenarios. Right. I yeah, think that's, that's where a, a lot good, of it comes from. That's a good from. way to put it. Yeah, it's kind of its own art form. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, overall takeaway: if you can only watch one show that you haven't seen from all these, uh, watch Atlanta. I loved it. I thought it was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, you're cool. you're in agreement almost entirely with the critic in USA Today. Joiner running with the herd, following along. But uh, yeah, I got to check out Atlanta. Hey, one thing: since Modern Family is um, nominated again for a comedy series, man, they've had a heck of a run. I haven't watched them in a long time. I used to watch it every week. Funny, funny show. But that youngest daughter on there. Um, the nerdy girl who gets great grades and her, you know, her older sister is, uh, kind of, uh, more concerned about how she looks. Mm-hmm. The popularity of, of her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ariel Winters, I believe you're talking yeah. about. The younger girl, yeah. she did, uh, came out yesterday with an interview saying her mom tarted her up and made her wear, uh, sexy clothes when she was a little kid to try to get her into acting and everything like that. Nice. And she really thinks it's awful and resents it and is a warning to other people to do that. Wow. She's my mom was sending me out in short skirts and low-cut right. shirts all For the time. auditions and yeah. stuff? Oh, yeah. As a child. Trying to get me into God. the TV business. What a sickness. Isn't that crazy? God. Wow. And she's old enough now to realize it. 
You got none of that filth in radio. Absolutely. It's a family-friendly media. It's pure. Medium. My mom used to drop me off on the doorsteps of various radio stations with headphones and everything. <laughs> Made sure we had the quarter-inch jack because she knew the industry. <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, i got to tell you, the Brits are upset about Trump's terror tweets following the London bombing. What happened to Amazon reviews of Hillary's new book and the fabulous Lady Gaga's in the hospital? Yeah. And, we got uh, updates on those stories coming up minutes from now. Armstrong and Getty. So at least back in the day, Sean, if your showbiz mom wanted to get you into radio, she'd send you to the radio station with a packet of cocaine to give to the <laughs> program director. Is that what that My was? My mommy gave me cocaine. Can I do a shift? She said it was sugar yeah, for their yeah, coffee. Yeah, kid, what the hell? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I gotta stop on the way home and get uh, cold medicine and movies for the kids as oh. they're sick. And uh... oh boy, or DVR that uh, Stranger Things is that? There what... you go. Yeah, it's on. That's on Netflix. That'd be a good, uh, good little binge watch. I think yeah. it's like ten episodes, yes, something like binge that. Binge watching. I like the sound of that. I thought you said it was on FX. No, that's on Netflix. Uh, Atlanta was on FX. I really need a personal assistant. (laughs) Get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump condemning that terrorist attack that happened on the London subway today, telling reporters during a photo op... No, it's a terrible thing. This keeps going and going. And we have to be very smart. We have to be very, very tough. At least 22 people were injured in the London's Parson Green Station attack after an explosion on the subway. It's amazing we haven't had bombs go off in the United States. Have we had a single bomb go off? Well, and thank God the bomb didn't go off properly there in London. That could have been a horror. I mean, it's already terrible, obviously. But no, it has been a very long time since anything of great significance happened. You know, listen... Well, no. Go ahead, Marshall. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that later. Trump calling the terrorists losers, and he went on to tweet, These are sick and demented people who are in the sights of Scotland Yard. You must be proactive. British Prime Minister Theresa May not happy, hitting back at Trump's early tweet about the blast in the tube train. May said it was not helpful for anyone to start speculating about an investigation that is just getting underway. So she wasn't very happy at the uh, bit of a shot that uh, Trump took at Scotland Yard, I guess. Was he taking a shot at Scotland Yard? Yeah, he, well, yeah, he was insinuating they yeah. had the, these people on their list and in their sites right. and then let them oh, get away, yeah, but guess, he doesn't yeah. know that. Right. Yeah. There's a chance of that because that's happened in the past. Right. But, you know, I don't know why she felt the need to respond. Maybe I thought she that's just... funny. I interpreted it that he was saying, I'm sure Scotland Yard's going to catch him. They got him in their sights already. But, you know, I could certainly be wrong. Days after saying that she is retired from politics, Hillary Clinton let loose in an interview with MSNBC's Rachel Maddow, among other things. This president and some of the people around him pose a clear and present danger to our country. Wow. Domestically, to our institutions of democracy, our self-governance, our rule of law. What? What are you talking about? When was that? That, that was, was yesterday. Go live with your cats in upstate New York. Yeah. Leave the rest of us alone. Yeah. That was just last night. Yeah, yeah. Well, and she's she's going further. I wonder if it's because she's not getting enough attention with the book other than just jokes. Right. <laughs> People right. making jokes about it. Well, Did I'm, you know Hillary now has 27? No, wait a minute. Let me check. Yeah. Oh, my God. 29 cats. Up to 29 <laughs> cats. That seems like plenty. I'm telling you, does yeah. she is she going to run again? Does she think she can run again? She swears she's not. Right. But, but what I mean, was she the, was she, she, she had the most humiliating loss in presidential history. According to many historians. Why wouldn't she run again? 
Uh, it's not. It, they, it, she's old, but she's this going to be the same age as she would have been for her second term. She's not very self-aware, but she's self-aware enough to understand she would be the laughing stock of the universe if she ran and lost. God, again. that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Amazon is getting a lot of bad reviews after removing negative reviews of Hillary Clinton's new book. Oh, boy. <laughs> Amazon. Oh, boy. Why Am- are they doing that? Amazon admitted that it took down some one-star reviews of Hillary's What Happened. Just, what just, Happened? Just like I'm sure they take down one-star reviews yeah. of Bill O'Reilly's books. I'm sure they do the same thing. What the freak is going on there? Got a one-star review. We feel sorry for you. Anyway, people who buy books on Amazon can post reviews of one to five stars, with one being the worst, and apparently there were a whole bunch of ones next to her book. So they That would be tough, though, in terms of just helping people choose a book. If you got a gazillion activists who put the lowest stars possible just because they hate Hillary Clinton, that's not helping me determine whether or not I want to buy a book. I'm trying to come up with an O'Reilly joke. Have you seen his latest book, Killing My Career, or Killing Your Own Career, or... Killing it with girls with big boobs, or I can't. There's a joke there somewhere. Instead of what happened, it's where am I? Lady Gaga. Thing sucks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it does. Lady Gaga's in the hospital, cancer to concert in Rio uh, due to severe pain. She's tweeted out she's not going to be able to perform at the Rock in Rio festival. And in her upcoming Netflix documentary, Gaga, five foot two. She points to fibromyalgia as the source of her chronic pain. Oh, that's nasty. Yeah, and I've had a friend who had that, and it was it was like a burning sensation that would that would constantly recur, and uh, sometimes it'd be so bad you couldn't sleep, you couldn't concentrate. Yeah, I don't know a lot about it. It's a nerve disorder. Yes. that's terribly painful. I yes. say. With people like her, I always uh, wonder if it's not PR stunt of some sort. When they've got a, for instance, documentary coming out in a little bit, right? But uh, who knows? She could have something. Well, you know, you drop. Well, you drop out of a, you know, a festival. You're going to lose money on that. But uh, and she's also saying this is going to be her last live uh, concert tour for a while. She's taking a couple years off. Hmm. So maybe you know she is battling with this. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty and, Show. And, and Jennifer Lawrence announced she's going to quit acting for two years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Sean would say that's because she's uh, dating her director, right? Yeah, I, that, that just doesn't sit right with me. I think there's some some Stockholm Syndrome going on there. He he directed her in this very trying, kind of psychologically testing film, and all of a sudden he's dating somebody 21 years younger, and now she's leaving acting? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I don't know. She's going to be barefoot in front of a stove before we know it. <laughs> wow. Wow was right. <laughs> the petering out. The big petering out. The Friday petering out. Oh, It's coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Wow, two in one week. That's a rare tweet of Jimmy Kimmel's unnecessary censorship. These are not actually bad words. He just bleeps them to make them sound bad. That's the point. Since leaving the administration, he is now blasting the president's decision to FBI Director James Comey. The president was 100% right in James Comey. So I suspect this little black that Mr. Bannon's talking about. The only one who that black was Mr. Bannon himself. The mayor of Tampa warned people there that they were going to get in the face by Hurricane Irma. Wow. (laughs) That is the worst thing we've ever played. Chris Christie is foul-mouthed. It's my highest praise for humor, the coughing fit.
I hope I'm never old enough where that's not funny. Yeah. Like oh. Chris Christie. Yeah, I guess because he's out of politics, more or less. <laughs> Just feels like he can say anything he wants. Well, I'm bringing race into it. Did you say that he's was... foul mouth or full mouth? <laughs> <laughs> Michael! Michael, you're better than that! Yes! I'm not. That's awesome. <laughs> so quickly, some breaking news, breaking news. I don't know that it needs the donkey. I'm just very happy to hear this. I've been extremely troubled and angry about the obvious torture of some of our diplomats in Cuba. And Senators Marco Rubio, Tom Cotton, Richard Byrd, John Cornyn, and James Langford have written a note to Secretary of State uh, Tillerson essentially demanding action. Um, we ask that you immediately declare all accredited Cuban diplomats in the United States persona non grata. That means kick their ass out. Um, urge you to remind the Cuban government of its obligation, demand to take verifiable action or remove these threats, et cetera, et cetera. This is no joke. Get on it now, which I think is absolutely appropriate. Absolutely shocking. The Cubans or somebody who ought to be under their watch is torturing our diplomats, causing them permanent hearing loss, neurological damage, nervous disorders, et cetera, by piping in some sort of frequencies to torture them. Tell you what, Codger needs to be an ass kicking. Anyway, on a lighter note, <clears throat> a thought on the final thought announcements that we take so lightly. Beeves writes, I wanted to connect with you guys on the final thought announcements. I'm sorry, Beeves. That's when you have more than one beef. Do you remember we discussed <laughs> oh, that's that? Right. That's the plural of it's the plural of beef. Or he also goes by Mike Mike. Beeves. <laughs> I'd like uh, beef. No, two beeves. Uh, six corn on a cob. I wanted to connect with you guys on the final thoughts announcements. I think you guys might not realize how it makes the average working man feel when they get a chance to be on your show. There's a certain amount of reverence or hysteria when it comes to celebs, and you guys are in there. We'll cut it out. I've sent in a couple of final thoughts announcements, some of which Jack was quoted as saying, what the hell was that? <laughs> LOL. Just a simple folk trying to make you laugh, Jack. That's all. Anyway, I made the best of cuts, which gave me great pride, and the praise I received was well appreciated. To top it off, my two kids and my wife think I'm some sort of hero for making it this far. Oh, the things I strive for. Wow. I'm starting to get all weepy. K-U-T-G-W-R-G. Keep up the good radio work, radio guys. Beeves out. Beeves. So, you know what? That gladdens my heart. You know, maybe I was a little too focused on on quality, which often sucks, or, uh, you know, cleverness, which, eh, these are people getting their moment. Our friends getting their moment. Absolutely. We've given them a platform. I should be glad for that. I can't wait to hear today's guest announcer. Stay tuned. Um, So, did you see, this is the first time this has happened, I think, they released the... Body camera footage of the cops shooting a dude uh, in New York, particularly. Did you have you seen that? No. Came out yesterday, and I watched it because I was curious to see what that's like in real life. You are watching a person be shot dead, um, which I generally don't want to watch because uh, I don't think it's good for you. But uh, it's interesting, and the the part of the thing is, I think we asked this when they started putting body cameras on every cop. Cop I talked to the other day when I had to identify a suspect. He was wearing the body camera. Mm. That is, like everything the cops do, public information. In theory. Well, in practice. And uh, should it always be? Should we have, should we get the footage of some, this guy, this particular guy, clearly mentally something. He's got, he's got a knife in one hand, his hand behind his back. 
Turns out he's got a toy gun. Cops don't know it's a toy gun. Right, of course he, not. He pulls out the toy gun that looks exactly like a real gun, even has a laser on it, points it at the cops. They've had their gun on him for like 20 minutes saying, drop the knife, dude. I don't want to shoot you. I right. don't want to shoot you, but I'm going to have to shoot you. Neighbors saying, drop the knife. They're going to shoot you. I mean, it goes on for a long Sounds time. Sounds like suicide by cop to me. Maybe. Somebody mentally ill. Right. Yeah. But w- why is that something I get to see? My my loved one or whatever loses it, whatever, worst moment of their life. Right. Is that something everybody gets to watch? To beef up the ratings on morning news. Um, yeah, I think there, there probably could be, well, I know there could be a level of access between let's jack up our ratings on all the TV news shows and it's secret. Well, There's we, obviously yeah. a compelling interest the public has in being sure. able to see these yeah. things, but... We all know why we need to be able to see them, because right. the cop's going to claim, no, he pulled a gun on me, and he didn't, and then they, you know, all that sort of yeah, stuff. There's, there's a difference between being available and being inescapable. Can't we have a board of people look it over and say, nah, this one's clearly on the up and up, a board of people we trust somehow? Well, uh, this one's clearly on the up and up. It doesn't need to go out to the local news station so they can play it. This sort of thing's always so much harder in reality than in theory, though, because you get your freedom of information request, for instance, that uh, bureaucrats manage to delay or completely um, f- uh, befuddle, quash. They can delay them for months and months and months and months for completely illegitimate reasons. And it's just it's tough to get the balance right. And I felt like I was doing something naughty or dirty watching sure, this crazy watching faces guy of death. watching this crazy guy get shot. That wasn't a very cheery note to end on. Yeah, what's the matter with you? Don't worry, it's just Friday. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Let's hear our guest announcer. Soon, in a world where thoughts were meandering, chaotic, and unresolved, two men dared to make their thoughts final. Armstrong and Getty. I like the writing on that. (laughs) Boom. That's him. That's some nice wordplay there, my friend. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, speaking of wordplay, let's get a final thought from everybody. Marshall Phillips, lead us off, please. I am very excited going for a radio reunion weekend party Saturday and Sunday. Sean, I got your number. Keep some money on hand for bail. I I know a guy. We're good. (laughs) Will there be drinking? Oh, will there? We're never invited to those. I wonder why that is. Mm. Michelangelo, final thought? Uh, Yeah, my grandfather was bald, and I still remember asking him how he lost his hair, and he told me he rubbed it off on the headboard. One of my greatest (laughs) childhood memories. (laughs) He loved Armstrong Getty, too. (laughs) God dang it, Michael. Wow, you know, I have a follow-up question, but we'll move on. Positive John, your final thought? Yeah, Emmys this weekend. I love TV, not because they mean anything, but I think it's fascinating to see what will go down as, quote-unquote, the best TV show of any given year. And uh, it's got to be Atlanta. I'm all in on Atlanta. If Atlanta doesn't win, I might not show up on Monday. Jack, your final thoughts, sir? We never got to this story today about Trump humiliating Jeff Sessions. So the story came out yesterday with, like, nine eyewitnesses. That Trump called Jeff Sessions an idiot. <laughs> said, you're an idiot! And just yelled at him for wow. like 20 minutes. Wow. Sessions said, and I quote, it was the most humiliating thing that's ever happened to him. How he didn't just say, F you, I quit and walk out of there, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he considers himself a patriot for doing that or what, but... You know, my final thought has to do with the Robert Menendez trial, which we talked about during the 8 o'clock hour. Menendez taking enormous bribes and gifts from a crooked eye doctor who ripped the taxpayers off for $105 million. The doctor fixed crooked eyes? No. So you, uh, (laughs) I'm a senator. I got a buddy. We've been good to each other. Through. We've had a lot of good times. We've 
helped each other through the bad times. At the point I figure out he's stolen $105 million from taxpayers, I'm telling him, we don't get to be friends anymore. Right. Lose my number. Right. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. Drop us a line. If there's something you see over the weekend we ought to be talking about, send it along. Armstrongandgettyradio.com. That Attorney General Trump called an idiot is still the Attorney General, by the way. Yikes. (laughs) You are an idiot. No, I'm not. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from not planning, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come to go. If this little clown was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.